good morning. My name is Austin. I am one of the pastors here that has the joy and privilege to be on staff. Um, we've been talking about this series called One Another. Uh, this One Another series is something that's instrumental to who we are and who we will be. Um, it's not something new that we have just discovered uh, in 2022. It's something that actually has been going on for over 2,000 years, but it's something that we as a church want to purposely enter into and walk into and define us, not as followers of Jesus, but also as this church. So we've been talking about what does it look like to love one another in practical ways, the same way that Jesus loves one another, but then also what does it look like to forgive one another? And so you might be asking, well, what is the, what, if those are the two ends of a string, what's in the middle? What's the tension that holds all of this together? And I think what holds all this together is what we'll be talking about the next few weeks, but also especially uh, today. When we talk about bearing with one another. And as we bear with one another, let me tell you this, that um, I have this shirt on because I watched my wife run the 2009 Chicago Marathon, and I was inspired. Uh, not only watching her training, uh, but getting to watch, to run with her when she hit the wall at mile 20 and 21, just to run with her through a little bit of the next session to encourage her. Though I decided that I wanted to, to run it with her the next year. Um, and let me tell you, um, we had decided that we were going to uh, run together, those training runs, long and short. Um, and as you get to know me, um, that was probably the worst decision we've ever made. You, she had to bear with me. Like, if you've known me uh, just today or you're starting to get to know me over the last few months, um, let me say this, that we are different people and different runners, right? Not just physically, but like mentally, emotionally. She is consistent. You could bet your life savings on her splits. She is consistent. She is mentally consistent. Like, there are not times that on runs of like 15, 20 miles where she was just like, I'm giving up. She was consistent the whole time. She was an incredible partner. So, and I'm like a squirrel, like running. I'm like, fast, slow, fast, slow. Or like, all of a sudden I'm running, and I'm like, hey, look over there, or look over here. And I am the one person you do not want to run with when it is like 15, 16, 17, and 18. So when Nancy's like, everybody will be running together, I'll be running by myself. Uh, but like, that's what it really means. Like, what does it look like to bear with one another? My wife was bearing with my mental waves, up and down, my fast, slow paces, my constant desire to talk while she just wanted to listen to a podcast or a book on tape, right? I was the one who had a bad attitude at the beginning, and then at the end, I was like, oh man, let's do some more, right? Like, it was emotionally bearing with one another. My wife learned in that season, early in our marriage, what it looked like to bear with one another. And so what does that look like for us? That if we're followers of Jesus, like bearing with one another, it means that in Colossians chapter 3, we're going to look at it in a second, that Jesus says bearing with one another— what God says bearing with one another, it means putting on. It says put on relational clothing. Like that, to bear with one another, not only to love and forgive, just like we get dressed to run, like how important it is to clothe yourself with the correct clothing to run, to be in relationships with one another, it is imperative we wear this relational clothing of Jesus. And so would you open your Bibles with me um, to Colossians chapter 3, uh, verse 12. And I'll read it with it, but I, and it'll be on the screen. Uh, but I love looking at the text together. It says this. Put on, then. Put on, then, God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts. Put on compassionate hearts. Put on kindness, humility, meekness, 
patience, bearing with one another. If one has a complaint against the other, forgive each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. I want to read that again. Just, and I'm going to just put it on a few pieces. It says, put on. If we're talking about relational clothing, put on compassionate hearts. Put on kindness. Put on humility. Put on meekness. And put on patience. And in Colossians, when you get to this place in Colossians, for some context is really important when we get into the word, is that Paul is talking about, when he's talking about the people in Colossae, he's saying, you have been living an old life. And now that your life has been transformed to finding and following Jesus, it means you live this new life. And he's saying there's always going to be this battle back and forth between how your old life was and your new life. That one anothering is this new life that we are called into. That it's a calling. It's not just a reality of saying, ah, I believe this is a mental exercise. No, this is a new life that you walk, you breathe, you eat, you move back and forth. It is a new life that you live. And we're always going to be battling church like, reality is, over the next, like, weeks, months, years, this idea of one anothering is not just going to be something that um, comes naturally to us. We're not going to say at the end of this series, oh, man, we've got it all done. It is going to be a battle between the way that we used to live and the way that we live now. One anothering is this new call of life. But then you might be asking, well, what is the responsibility? I've talked to a lot of people this week and over the last few years on this idea of what it looks like to be one another people. And the question always comes up is like, what's my responsibility? What's my responsibility in loving one another? What's my responsibility in forgiving one another? What's my responsibility in everything that's on the board that we're going to live into? The reality is that it has this idea of as far as it depends on you— as far as it depends on you. It says this in Romans chapter 12. And actually all of Romans, like chapter 12, if you go read it, it talks about this one anothering. But in Romans chapter 12, it says this, that if possible, if possible, as far as it depends on you, like hear that again, as, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone, with all. And I think about that, like, what is your responsibility in this one another? What is your responsibility to love and forgive? What is your responsibility to bear with in relationships? And I say this, as far as it depends on you, love one another. As far as it depends on you, forgive one another. As long as it depends on you, bear with one another. That as far as it depends on you, or as long as it depends on me running with Ashley, I can only do what I need to do when I'm running with her. To bear with her. Like, as far as it depends on me raising my kids, I'm going to do what God calls me to do, to bear with. As far as it depends on me and in my marriage with Ashley, not what she does, but as far as it depends on my part of this marriage, I'm going to do it. As far as it depends on me in my relationship with our staff, that I'm going to dictate what I can control, what's on my responsibility. As far as it depends on me, if it only solely depends on me, I'm going to do everything I can to one another each other. As far as it depends on me, which means like, I, the, I one another, not based on how you respond. Man, what would that change your life if we one anothered in a way that it didn't depend on how somebody else responds, but your relationship with Jesus in one anothering? 
How would it change the relationships that you're in? Your friendships. Your relationships with significant others. What would it look like if your understanding of how you bared with one another, this burden of this relationship, it wasn't dependent upon the next person or the person you're in a relationship with? How many times is like, if we say this, if only they would, then I would. Man, this idea of bearing with one another is so important. And my encouragement to you as we move forward in one anothering, this is going to be really hard. Bearing with is super messy because people are super messy. Our kids are messy. Your spouses, your friends are messy. Your neighbors are messy. Your coworkers are messy. The strangers that you meet um, who just invade your space and want to talk, they're messy. People are messy. But when we want another... Jesus says, as far as it depends on you, could you imagine if Jesus operated in the way that says, I'm only going to die for those who respond in a way that I think is appropriate? Who of us would not be sitting with Jesus? Right? And so then what does it mean for us to put on clothing that is relational in nature? Like, I'm going to use this metaphor, and I've been thinking a lot about what World Water Day is, what it looks like to run together. Um, as me and my wife are like, man, what does it look like to run here in Seattle? Yeah, Queen Anne Hill. Y'all have a lot of hills. Oh, my goodness. Like, when we ran the Chicago Marathon, you want to know why so many people run that one? You want to know why? Anybody guess? It's flat. It is the second flattest, fastest course in the world. If you want to run a faster one, go to Berlin. It is the fastest by record. Like, and so here I'm like, oh man, I don't know. And you'll say 228th. Somebody's like, hey, we're going to run up that. Mark was like, let's do that. And I was like, no, let's not do that. (laughs) East Sammamish, like the walkway, the pathway, that sounds great. But no, we don't do it what I want. We do whatever. (laughs) As far as it depends on me, I will run this race. As far as it depends on me, not how many of you sign up. Oh, as far as it depends on me. So what does it look like? And what does Jesus and what does Paul say? What does God's word say about putting on relational clothing? Well, the first thing it says is it means, it says put on compassionate heart. Like that thing about compassion, like it's tenderness, right? It can feel. It's not like, it's the opposite of what Pharaoh had in his hard heart where Pharaoh couldn't feel the objectification of human beings. He couldn't feel the, the, the love that God had for his people, the one he let to go. We're supposed to have the opposite. We're supposed to have compassionate hearts, which is why when you're running, no one will tell you to go run in like flannel or a very starch t-shirt. Like remember in the 90s when starch used to be a thing? And like people would take their clothes in and starch them and they'd be so rigid and rugged. Nobody's telling you to run in that. Why? And that will eat your skin up in like three seconds. And so just like us, like how many of us is our, our heart when we come up to one another? It's so rough that when our lives rub up against one another that we can't, we're so hard, we can't feel anything. The reason why we wear shirts like this is not only because they're great and they wick water and they collect it, but they also then don't rub us. We can feel, our bodies can breathe, that we're actually, it's important that not just what we put on our feet, but what we put on our bodies matter. 
that it's not just one part of your body that you focus on, that you feel. It's not just always about your, what your heart feels like, but you have a compassionate heart that moves you to feel what other people feel. This is what it looks like to bear one another. When you come up to somebody, your heart moves with compassion for another. Right? That whole, as, as, long, as far as it depends on you, that it's not about what they've done to you recently, but your heart compassion moves for the place and the circumstances that they're living in. But he also says, put on kindness. Like, I think the kindest thing on a long run that you can do for your body is what? What's the kindest thing that you could do for your body? Yeah, somebody's back there. Is drink water. Your body is like pouring out water. It is taking in calories. It's taking all of, for me, who's got a little extra pounds on, it is taking the fat in order to run. The kindest thing that I can do is fill it back with calories, with water, in order that it will keep going. It makes so much sense that if you're a runner and you don't bring any water or anything to fill the calories, you're starving yourself. You're doing like trauma to your body. And the kindest thing you can do, like I love, the, my favorite part on running is the water stations, right? Everybody who comes up to a water station, nobody's like, oh, water, get away from me. They're all like, yes, oh my gosh, right? And if you're like a Gatorade person, they might have a little Powerade and you're like, oh yes, right? This is the holy like moment of this run because the kindest thing you can do for yourself is drink some water. I wonder, and if that's the bare minimum you can do to just get to the next mile or to the next hundred feet, what would it look like in one another if we put on kindness? That when we came up next to somebody, that we didn't starve them with our words, with our actions, with our posture. How many of us, at the end of the day, could use a little kindness to make it through the day. Like, I know nobody wants to admit it, but when you go home and you say, man, this day would have been completely and utterly different if this person, this person, this person, or this person, if one person, instead of starving me, fed me. As far as it depends on you, what kindness are you doing that feeds somebody else? Instead of starving them. Don't be on a runner that takes everything from them. Feed one another. And then, not only compassion, or ki- compassion and kindness, but humility. I'm going to have an honest moment about you, so if you run with me, I need to prepare you for this. I sweat a lot. A lot. Particularly through my head, which is why like, I need to wear a headband or a hat to collect all the sweat that is coming out. Otherwise, it like bleeds into your face and your eyes, and then you get that burning sensation, and you're like, I can't see, and you need to really see to run. And sometimes, if it's hot, like we would run in Chicago or in Texas, guess what? You needed a, I needed a bandana and a hat. Man, double protection. Like, this is the reality. And a humility check is not to say, like, man, I'm just, I'm lousy. It doesn't mean, like, lowering or degrading yourself Or it doesn't also mean like you have too good of a perception of who you are, right? When you look in the mirror, you're like, I don't know if you're, I'm an optimist. And so I'm like, ah, not that bad. All right. You know, I'm not losing that much hair. Uh, Like, it's not that great. Like, I'm an optimist at heart. Like, "Mm, yeah, I could use some pounds. But like, I'm an optimist at heart. 
But what humility means is I have a good perception of myself. So that when I'm going to run, like I need to have a hat on. And I also need to know that what I, the splits that I was running when I was in my 20s is not going to be the splits that I'm running here tomorrow. I need to add a minute. At graciousness for myself, at least a minute. I am not going to keep up with Anna. I promise you that. Or any of you other runners, I'm not going to keep up with you. What I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be so far behind. But I'm going to be honest with myself. Like, I'm not going to try to catch you. I'm going to be honest with where I am at. That I have humility that I know that I am not better than some of you. I know exactly where I'm at and where I'm running in the pace. And I'm going to run with those who are around me that are my pace. I'm not going to kill myself. Can we get another one, a mic? Just for that one? Thanks. Um, I'm not going to kill myself. And so what does it look like to clothe ourselves with humility? To say that when we look around with one another, as far as it depends on you, that you don't believe that you're better than anybody else. Right? Like Jesus in Philippians chapter 2. Like Jesus literally described that though he was God, that though Jesus was God, that he didn't take that privilege and hold it to himself. But he, in humility, laid it aside and came in flesh and lived among us as a servant. That he didn't put anybody because of his status outside of his proximity, but because he understood who he was, he lived in proximity to those around him. He had an accurate picture of what human flesh looked like. And that when often the Pharisees were like, dude, you can't hang out with those people. He was like, yeah, I can. I know who I am. I'm living fully into this flesh. I know that it is messed up, it's fallen, and I'm showing you the way to live. I'm showing you the righteousness of the way do you live. But even though I'm righteous and I'm living the perfect life that you've always been expected to, it doesn't put you out of proximity. Like, what does it look like if... I'm just I'm gonna I'm sorry if I'm like picking on you, but what if it looked like in humility Anna wanted to run with me? Like uh, that would be incredible. That because she's so fast, it doesn't put her out of the proximity of me, but she chooses, even though she could, she chooses not to. That that is humility. That though she wouldn't say, Keep up with me, like how many times in our life are we telling people relationally to keep up with you? I love you like this, and you're falling behind. I'm better at this, and so I can't hang out with you until you meet my expectation. Oh, man, it's so hard that he even humbled himself on a cross, that Jesus, even though, even though that he was God, he humbled himself to death on a cross. Not if you were good enough to be in his orbit, because he chose to. He committed to. And then not only this, do you need to have a compassionate heart, kindness, and humility, but gentleness. I'm going to tell you a little something about me. I need to be gentle with my body because when I was born, I had a club foot, which means my left foot is two sizes smaller than my right, and also my legs an inch shorter. And so that also means when I was six months, I had a surgery that took all of the ligaments and tendons, and they were diced and cut and re-put back together, which means I don't have the stabilizer muscles. And so when I go run, I need to be gentle on my leg, which doesn't mean that I gingerly run. Like, I'm not like this person. But what I have in my shoes that you might not notice is I have an insert that lifts my leg about three-quarters of an inch. And puts my hips back in line. It's a gentle thing that makes all the difference 
What gentleness do you add to somebody else's life that makes a world of difference? That instead of coming at somebody and laying on the horn because they cut you off and you're like, how dare you? That you pull up next to them and you like write a sign really quick and be like, you're a jerk. Learn how to drive. Like every movie ever. But what if we had a gentleness to our spirit? What if somebody who came and just hurt us drastically, and as we forgive them, we don't come to them with harshness and harsh words, that we come in gentleness, that the slightest thing makes a huge difference? What change can you make that nobody else sees that allows you to be gentle? Is it your words? Is it your action? Is it your posture? Is it how you look at each other? Scowling, right? I don't want to be near you. Like, what is it about our gentleness that allows us to be people who bear with one another? That even though they don't deserve it, our gentleness moves mountains. How often? Oh, one of the most gentle moments. That a woman who was running, who's walking in the midst of a crowd, who shouldn't even be in the crowd, comes up, sneaks up, and while Jesus is walking, just touches the hem of his garment. And Jesus could have turned and been like, woman, get out of here. How dare you touch me? But he asks a question. What gentleness look like as a question instead of an accusation? gentleness like Jesus who looks at a woman and says your faith has healed you what a gentle answer into a woman who's never been allowed to be in the proximity of Jesus and then patience patience is important patience is really key running the equivalence is what shoes you wear. Nobody should go out running in like boots. Winter boots. You will tear your feet up. You will go to um, a podiatrist or an orthopedic surgeon and they will like, what did you do? And you say, I thought it was a good idea to run in my boots. <laughs> He'll look at you and say, I should probably have you committed, right? Like, I mean, this thing of like what you put on your feet really matters. The investment that you have, the patience, because your feet are going to pound this pavement. It hits hard and you need patience. The word for patience, another like definition for it is long suffering. Your feet go through long suffering when you run. It is the thing that takes the most damage and you need to endure it. You need to be patient with it. You need to be patient when things don't work out. You need to be patient with one another when they're not working the way that they're supposed to. To come to somebody and say, I know that I've been taking a beating from you, but I'm going to put on shoes that can withstand the beating. That my love for you has long standing, that it can take from the moment of where we're at to the moment of transformation that Jesus brings, I will be patient through the process. 
that in transformation of running the couch to like 10K or whatever couch to whatever you're going to do, that your patience, your feet can withstand the long transformation of sitting on the couch doing nothing to the transformation of where you consider yourself a runner. How many of us in our relationship from where we're sitting with people at and we don't like the relationship and we want them to be in the transformation, but what we want them to do is to like Star Trek, they want to teleport from here to here instead of walking with somebody through the patience of transition and transformation. Patience has the long suffering to say, I'm not going to just wait with you on the end of the finish line where you have officially announced after 15 weeks of training, I've done it, I've become a runner, but I'm going to run with you throughout the process. In your relationship, I'm going to ask you this question. Are you a finish line friend? Or you are the run by the side? Are you a traveling companion to your friends? Patience is a traveling companion. My wife is the most patient person I've ever met in my entire life, with me at least. She puts up long-standing transformation in my life. She doesn't wait for it. She walks with. And so does Jesus. And this is what matters, is that we want another we bear with, not because you should. Hear me, church. I'm not saying you should do this because I'm your pastor and I have spiritual authority over you. It's because Jesus did. Jesus did it with you. He bore with you while you walked from the couch to the finish line of your life and he walked with you in the transformation. Jesus, we do this with one another. We bear with one another. We love, we forgive one another. We bear with one another because Jesus did. That we don't look at the book and say it's rules. We say, we look at the book and we say there was a person that did it for you and for me and calls me to do likewise with one another. In every day, this is one of the things, I don't know for sure if he did this, but I love to imagine that Jesus, when he was totally done with people, that in the book, when it says he went away to pray, that he prayed honest prayers like us, like this. God, these people you created, they're horrible. I can't stand them. They're needy. They ask too much. They're hypocrites. They don't do what you say. And I don't want to go down this mountain. I'm going to stay here for five more minutes. I don't want to. No, I'm not going. And then God, who is so good to us in our stubbornness, that Jesus starts to put on the clothing of a compassionate heart, that he takes his water bottle of kindness when he is parched, cares for himself and for others, that he has a humility that though he is God and they don't deserve him to walk back down the mountain, he does. And he's kind with his words and his actions. And then when he comes down the mountain, he's gentle. That his gentleness turns away the wrath that we so deserve. And he speaks kindly and softly. 
And then when he walks down, that instead of taking the easy road around, that he walks with the people all the way around the lake. That when he's tired and he wants to go to bed, he stays up a little longer. That he walks with people. He walks with his disciples, long-suffering his disciples who just don't get it. This is the Jesus who then prays this prayer. He gets up and he walks down the mountain, renewed and refreshed to one another. This is the Jesus that we follow, alive embodiment, a picture of what it looks like to do this together. Church, let's do this together. Will you pray with me? Father, thank you for sending your son that though we did not deserve it, we needed him desperately. We needed him desperately to show us the way of love, the way of forgiveness, the way of bearing with one another. God, for most of us, one anothering is hard. For me, I feel like I sit on a couch but I already want to be at the finish line. My prayer for myself, God, and for us is that we would first do the thing that we have to do, that we'd get up, we'd lace our shoes, and we'd get out the door. So God, I ask, I pray that when we don't want to, maybe we sit five extra minutes couch or in our car before we go in the house because we'd rather sit in our cars before we go into work we'd rather sit in our cars before we go into the house sit five minutes before we go into a friend's house because people are just exhausting and then we take a deep breath Jesus, but your will be done on earth and in my life here in Sammamish as it is in heaven. God, come. Begin the change in me and in us. We ask this in your name.